Today we are going to examine a very important topic, the topic of prayer. And we're going to do this through the example that Jesus gives us in Gethsemane. This is a major lesson in the importance of prayer in our lives. So we're going to look at some points, take some points from the example that Jesus gives us in this prayer on the night before his passion and death. And the first thing we could say is that prayer is a necessity in our lives that Jesus shows us very clearly that without prayer we would be overwhelmed by life itself. Because we're told that when Jesus went there, as we know, he took the apostles with him and he took Peter, James and John to be closer still to him while he prayed. And we're told in the Gospel that he began to be greatly depressed and troubled. So much so, in fact, that he was able to say to Peter, James and John that his soul was very sorrowful, even unto death. It's a great mystery here in the depth, the profundity of our Lord's suffering. Christ is not acting. This is real. And he experiences a real need for prayer. In this, Jesus is showing us how every human being is the same. Every human life is subject to suffering. Every human life knows times of depression and trouble. No life is exempt from these things. As Christ shows us himself, neither is he exempt from these things. The great trouble that besets him at this moment in Gethsemane. But what our Lord does is, as he does elsewhere and often in the Gospel, is he resorts to prayer. In this he is showing us that prayer is not an optional extra. It is not a luxury. It is not something reserved for what we call in the Church contemplatives, those religious who have a contemplative vocation. Far from it. He's showing us that prayer is uh, an utter necessity in our lives. Now, St. James says something quite similar in his letter. Is any of you sad? Let him pray. Is any of you sad? Let him pray. And he adds quite nicely, is he cheerful in mind? Let him sing. If man does not pray, those troubles, that sadness, will overwhelm him. He will not be able to, to find his way through those troubled waters in his life. As somebody said, prayer is the greatest need of the contemporary world. We might, we might ask, why are there so many problems in the world, so much sadness? And perhaps in large part it is due to the lack of prayer that people do have never learned or maybe have given up the practice of prayer. So that is, that's our first lesson, the lesson that prayer is a necessity in our lives, not an optional extra. And so we come to our second uh, lesson, and that is the normality of talking to God, that it is not something strange and not something exceptional, but a very normal thing. And I think we can draw this, this lesson from just one word that Jesus uses when uh, talking to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that word is Abba. It's given in the original Aramaic in the Gospel. Our Abba is 
a, a most tender form of address, probably the, the tenderest form of address that Jesus could possibly have used in addressing his Father God. Because Abba, as you perhaps know, is the, uh, the Aramaic word for father, daddy. It is still a word that Jewish children use today in addressing their fathers, as they would in the English-speaking world, they would say, daddy. Now Jesus begins his prayer to God the Father, saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Remove this cup from me, and so on. So it's wonderful. And it is, it, in, that, in the use of that word, Jesus is teaching us that when we are talking to God, we are, are simply addressing God, our Father, as a child would address his beloved Father. Nothing, nothing so strange about that at all. St. Rosemaria Escriva says in his little work, The Way, he says much the same thing in teaching us that prayer is not, not something strange. He says this, You say that you don't know how to pray. Put yourself in the presence of God, and once you have said, Lord, I don't know how to pray, rest assured that you have begun to do so. So again, teaching us prayer is not, as they say, rocket science, but something more simple. You can talk to anybody, and though you talk to a friend, talk to a parent, that is the way we talk to God in prayer. We talk to him about our life, our work, our joys, sufferings, tiredness, relations with others, our temptations. And of course we don't just talk, we, we listen also, and listening to God listening to what he suggests. Obviously without the noise of words, God doesn't, he doesn't really need words in fact to speak to us. He speaks to us, he speaks to us in the silence of our heart with little suggestions which, which we realise that, that our Lord is, is giving us. Little suggestions, uh, work better, be more cordial, think more about others and less about ourselves, don't think so badly of others, whatever it might be, each person different, little suggestions from God in our prayer. Thirdly, and related to that, is again something that uh, St. Rosemary says in that book, The Way. Now read the point first. You seek the company of friends who, with their conversation and affection, with their friendship, make the exile of this world more bearable for you. There is nothing wrong with that, although friends can sometimes let you down. But how is it you don't frequent daily, with greater intensity, the company, the conversation of the great friend who never lets you down? The great friend there, St. Rosemary, uses a capital F for friend, speaking of course about God, that great friend. So that is the third point I'd like I'd like to make is that we, when we're speaking to God, we are speaking to God as a great friend. And that we need this in the same way that we all experience the need to confide in people. We need friends as confidants, somebody that we can burden ourselves to, uh, or share maybe a piece of good news that we hear. Um, but we just can't keep these things to ourselves. We need to, to share these things with somebody. Now, uh, the point that here made is that, well, the person we, we should most share these things with, the good things and the bad things, is that great friend, God himself, 
nothing can replace this relationship, even though sometimes, of course, people do try to replace this relationship with God with others. And as the point that we've just read suggests, uh, if we only do that, we will be let down. Only God will never let us down. The fourth little point I'd like to make uh, comes from the following line in the account of Jesus' agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. This is important because it shows that the prayer of Jesus is in fact answered. We know that our Lord did ask, he did say in his prayer, we just read it there a moment ago, if, if it is possible that, as he says, um, if it is possible that this would not come to him. Uh, our Lord praying in, in Gethsemane, uh, praying that he would be spared, if were possible, the hour might pass from him, as the Gospel says. So we know that our Lord, of course, did not spare the Passion. Uh, and of course he didn't demand it. He did say to his Father that if it were possible, if there were another way, of course, there isn't another way. However, God does give him what is possible. And that is um, the, the um, help of the angel. And now, fourthly, we see that our Lord's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane is answered, to some degree anyway, because we're told in the Gospel, now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. God hears the petition of his Son, our Lord did ask that he would be spared the cross if it were possible. Of course, it isn't possible. But his prayer is still answered in that he gets exactly what he needs at that point, which is the consolation of this angel coming to strengthen him. Because we don't know how it is the angel does that. It's a mystery. And yet, it is, it's very clear, an angel does come and strengthen Jesus in response to his prayer to the Father. So it is, it's, a, it's an important lesson to us. Prayer works. Prayers are answered. And Jesus himself had said this earlier on in the Gospel where he said famously, Ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. So very important for us, to, not to lose sight of that, because at times we, we can all despair a little bit, but we shouldn't lose sight of the fact prayer is infallible. We have to persevere, perhaps, to keep knocking on that door, but Jesus says very clearly, the door is always opened when we knock. Our next little point is how we must, we must do everything we can to fight the obstacles in the way of prayer. We must do what we can to assist our prayer, defend it from distractions in particular. And again, we see this in Gethsemane, in that Jesus, when he arrives there, he clearly goes to a very secluded place, the garden itself. It's obviously outside Jerusalem. And it is a quiet place where our Lord can easily pray. And even there, that the very fact that he, he, he departs from his apostles, even from the three that he brings a little closer. He's still some distance away. 
he is alone with his Father, so he can pray. Then again, Jesus does this elsewhere in the Gospel. We see how again and again our Lord ensures that he has the time and the seclusion that he needs in order to pray. Elsewhere in the Gospel we're told, for example, when day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place. And the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. That gives us the impression that they tried unsuccessfully to keep him from going away from them, that Jesus insisted. This is all the more remarkable when we think how clearly our Lord uh, loves the people, how clearly he's moved, we're told in the Gospel, he's deeply moved when he sees the crowds like sheep without a shepherd. How often our Lord spends many, many hours teaching and healing the crowds that come to him. However, this does not take precedence over prayer. It's a very important lesson. Our Lord shows us, for example, in that, that passage there, even his great love for people, his great concern for them, does not take precedence over his need for prayer. Our Lord Jesus himself, God made man, he needs seclusion, he needs time dedicated to prayer. And if Jesus does, well, how much more we do. So, a very practical point would be that we have to fight off the crowds, as it were, that come to us clamouring for our attention, that want to take us away from prayer, even, again, very good things, uh, like for our Lord, the very good things of the, the need to heal and teach people, yet our Lord doesn't allow that to take precedence over prayer. For each one of us in our busy lives, it could be our daily, daily work, which we have to do, of course, and yet it should not be to the exclusion of prayer. We work in the home, work in an office, uh, social life, uh, rest, and overly rest, the phone, the distractions, especially with our um, mobile phones and these kind of things, which would uh, conserve as a, a, almost a 24-hour-a-day distraction clamouring as it were, saying to us, don't leave us, you can't, you can't survive without us. We have to put those things to one side, we have to make time for prayer, and uh, imitating Jesus, in, even in this, that he goes to a secluded place, here in that gospel scene I just referred to, and also in Gethsemane, we see again and again, our Lord goes off to the mountains to pray, quiet places, we should have our daily quiet place where we go to to pray, fight off, reject the obstacles that come clamouring to us daily, uh, monthly recollection. Uh, monthly recollection is going off to a secluded place and dedicating several hours to pray, and of course uh, annually a retreat, a quiet retreat. Finally, our final point is um, Again, taking from what Jesus does here in Gethsemane, he prays. But not just that, it's not, he's not content just that he himself would pray. He insists that, especially Peter, James and John, would also pray. And we see this in his great surprise. The Gospel gives an impression of our Lord genuinely surprised, even shocked, to find these three, Peter, James and John, asleep successively, not just once, continually falling asleep. 
and in that they are neglecting prayer. And that, that lesson really for us is that we, like Jesus, should we should pray obviously ourselves, but also we should encourage other people to pray, as he does encourage Peter, James and John unsuccessfully, as it might be, but he still encourages them to pray. We just read the passage from the Gospel. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer them, answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? He is shocked that, especially Peter, is shocked at Peter being asleep. He knows, the Lord knows very well, that without prayer, Peter would not have the strength to do what God asks of him. And especially that very night, he would not have the strength to follow Jesus closely. He follows Jesus from afar, we're told, and he would not have the strength to fight the pressure put on him by the maidservant in the in the uh, courtyard later on in the evening and of the other servants who are uh, quizzing him, questioning him. And of course this all ends up with Jesus denying that he even knows Jesus. Peter, sorry, denying that he even knows Jesus. He surrenders, he surrenders now to sleep in tiredness and he pays the price later on. So for us, we have to have that uh, sense. It's very important that we pray and that we encourage other people to pray. If you're doing a retreat, for example, very good that we wouldn't go alone, but accompanied by one or two, maybe more, friends or family members. And uh, it's a very simple thing to say, of course, uh, join me in prayer, join me in this time of prayer. Those of you who are parents, of course, it is a great lesson to teach your children in a very... In a gentle way, um, the importance of pray, prayer, especially at night time, is the most natural thing to teach children to say the night prayers, not to go to bed, as one person said, like little puppies who just put down their heads and fall asleep. We have to, you, you or parents, have to encourage your children to pray each night, albeit very briefly, for, for their parents, for their family, for their friends, and so on. So there are different points which we see from the, the lesson in the Garden of Gethsemane. And just to recap before we finish, prayer is a necessity, prayer is very normal. Uh, in prayer we're talking to that great friend, prayer is always answered, we must fight off obstacles and encourage others to pray. Thank you very much. <laughs>